It's our fourth anniversary in California, so I have to ask, where's our goddamn linen? This is Corey, and this is the Odin Anthem podcast. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 345 of the Odin Anthem podcast, coming to you from, once again, all over Los Angeles, me in Hollywood, but Corey, of course, in the Odin Anthem studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for voting. Uh, <laughs> thank you for voting. <laughs> thank you for voting, also, <laughs> yes, uh, but thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice, the easiest way. Anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. It's where you can find the links to whatever podcatcher you listen to podcasts on. We don't we don't uh, dis, uh, discourage here what podcast app you listen. Anyone will do. Download, don't listen. <laughs> Download, don't listen. <laughs> Bring it back to class. So let me ask you. I could see you, even though no one else could. Were you looking up what the fourth anniversary was right before the podcast? Yes, I was. <laughs> Did you see my face like all of a sudden get white and me like looking? Yeah, you got like a panic and then turn the other way, start typing. And I'm like, he's looking something up and then anniversary. Yes. Yeah. So right off the top, let's uh, well, let me get my uh, stuff straight here so I can actually do stuff. And I'm just going to vamp for a second while I fill all that in. And uh, Corey topic two, Corey topic one. We got it. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Not that one, though. Hey, and uh, transition. So uh, it's uh, four years now that we've been doing the podcast. Um, and Corey, I in found LA. this in LA, sorry. Yes. In, yeah. in LA specifically. So, uh, we, um, we were just discussing this actually in the pre-show. Uh, I went on a trip in January of 2016. Corey had given me a book, uh, for Christmas that year, which I read while I was on vacation, which basically said like, Hey, if you want to do anything in Hollywood, you have to be in Hollywood. Um, jokes on us four years <laughs> later, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Hollywood Drive is that what it's called Hollywood yeah. Drive and uh so then I came back from vacation and I was just like hey so I think we should move to Hollywood and Corey had been in LA was it two years before that uh three years during three the summer of 2013 that. to come to film school correct and uh and he was like oh I've been thinking about going back you should do it and uh so Basically, because I had an epiphany on a beach in the Dominican Republic, we decided to move to L.A. And uh, the photo I really wanted to bring out, uh, one, is at the top when uh, our – I can't remember where that, that was. That was in was Chicago. At the deep dish place? No, no, no. So uh, when we first got there, we were all really hungry. And yeah. we, we were just, like, asking the person, like, what's good that's, like, in the neighborhood here? And I think it was, like, some – I think it was cheese-related – Oh, it was like cheesy dogs and cheesy tots and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think I think part of their, their restaurant theme was like cheese of the of the US and you could yeah. get like Wisconsin mac and cheese or something like that. I, I don't quite That's remember right. exactly what it was called, but they had uh uh chalk tables or blackboard tables where you could write on chalk yeah. on them. And that was and so we that was wrote that, that and took a picture. But the more important one is at the bottom because this popped up on my time hop this week and I started doing a little mental math and I was like, wait, that's not right. And so I said it to Corey and I'm like, wait, wait, when do we start versus when do we move? And so come to find out, we did about 30 months of episodes in Baltimore. Yeah. And then we're coming up on four years in L.A., which would be uh, 48. Nope, that's not right. Yes, 48. I think months. I think we had this conversation a year ago too when it came up on Time Hop of it being like we've now passed the the point where we're no longer inside of we've spent more time here than there, you know? 
The other thing I've thought about is that uh, Joe Biden in 94 was uh, 51. I was 10 and it feels like it's forever ago. Like that, uh, <laughs> There's no way it could have been 30 years ago. Uh, apparently it was because I'm getting old and my memory is uh, is lacking somewhat. It happens to all yeah. of us. It happens to the best of us. Apparently so. So uh, it just occurred to me, I guess, again, for the second time that we've been in L.A. longer than we've been. We were in Baltimore so far as the podcast is concerned. Right. Um, and I mean, like, obviously, you know, I was born in Baltimore in 84. So I have, I have a bit more time in Baltimore prior to the podcast trying, starting. But if you count the first 18 years that I was in Maryland, mm -hmm. I spent seven of those years in New York. I spent a year in D.C., I guess Baltimore still counts as as Maryland, even though it's, you know, not exactly the same thing. Well, I mean, like but, we don't usually count the eastern shore as part of Maryland. You're just right, extended exactly. Delaware. Well, so I mean, and if Delaware that's the case, is, of then. course, like a a, uh, a property that is, well, technically its own state, just, you know, basically Maryland Jr. It's the <laughs> it's, it's the place you drive through on the way to those beaches. It's like uh, D.C. It's like it's not a real place. It's just it, it's basically Maryland, but we lent it out to the rest of the world. <laughs> But if I add up seven years in New York, four years in uh, L.A., one year in D.C., that means I am almost at the point of having lived in somewhere else longer than I lived in Maryland. Yeah. That's good. That's good. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Good progress has been made. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so the uh, technically the 22nd will be four years, which would be Sunday. Um and we did a podcast while we were on the road on the way out here. Right. So that was the first one that wasn't in Baltimore. And then that would have actually been tomorrow or Wednesday. Well, well we tomorrow did that, as you're listening to this. We did that uh, like a stop along. Like we broke out the recording equipment like every step along the way, basically. Yeah. yeah. And like recorded from each stop. Uh, so I think right now, technically, four years ago, we were in Detroit because that's what I was seeing on Time Hop this morning. Yeah. That would make sense. Uh, so the trip was Baltimore to Detroit, Detroit to Chicago, Chicago to Lincoln, Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska to It was Des Moines, wasn't Denver. it? Or no. Uh, it was Chicago to Nebraska, Nebraska to Denver, Denver to Las Vegas, two nights in Vegas, and then here. Yeah, something like that. It's a long <laughs> trip. I, it's a long trip. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, and I, I think fondly about it now that, We've been trapped inside our houses. So <laughs> I think more, <laughs> think more and more about how I'm going to have great adventures like this again one day when I'm allowed to journey out beyond I uh, wish, the safe I confines really wish, of my house. I wish uh, vacation time we like because I'm at the point now where I lose every pay period. I gain eight hours and I lose eight hours of vacation, and I'm like, okay, so uh, kind of pointless. <laughs> I wish I could just keep banking it though, because I would really like to just take like. Six months off work and just go drive for six months. <laughs> uh, like, wait till my apartment lease is up and then just don't get a new lease and just go out. Let for the road take you. Yeah, for a paid vacation for a couple months. And I think right now I can actually do four months. I think I have four months worth of vacation sick and PTO time that I, I could take. I always like that whenever we get jobs that give us vacation time, we always think about like how we could take it all in one bulk. And then you think about like, going to your boss and going like i'm taking four months off of paid vacation it's just like fuck no you aren't <laughs> we'll see you in three weeks this today three weeks today good luck all right enjoy your vacation uh, you're, gonna also, have, you're gonna have four months over the course of the next four years like <laughs> i have the distinct worry 
that like at this point I feel as though I uh, am irreplaceable, but I don't want them to know that I'm not. So if I took four months <laughs> off and everything was fine and it was like, yeah, so four months later, uh, turns out we actually don't need you here that often. So uh, I sort of talk I, about separating. I think I think I found that with the. Uh with Nelson's too. Like as soon as I went away for film school a little bit, they, they realized like, Oh, we can do this without Corey. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Never a good realization. Some, somehow have. we managed to do it without him. So clearly it's possible. Like, yeah, I mean the, the worst or the best thing that could happen is I come back after four months, the building has been burned to the ground and there's <laughs> still, for some reason, this bosses with faces covered in cinders and they turn around and be like, Oh, thank God you're back. Uh, <laughs> What will, it, what will it take? What will it take? <laughs> uh, we're going to rebuild. That's the good news. But also, you can never take a vacation ever again. Uh, because clearly we can't be trusted with uh, this, with all of them. Um, but yeah, uh, so four years in, uh, six years of the podcast going going up on year number seven in April. And it's just crazy to think, I, I don't, again, it's crazy to think we've been in LA longer than we were in Maryland because Maryland felt like such a long period. Yeah. But I think it's one of those things where like, as you get older, the years tend to fly by and it's because when you're young, you don't have any years to compare it to. So summer feels like it's forever, but right. it's November. It's November right now. We well, I got also, away in March. I also think it's, it's limited to the amount of time that like, uh, so I, I think the time that I've spent in L.A. feels like it's taken a lot more time than like uh, at any other four year stretch of my life. Like it feels like L.A. it is longer than the time I was at Hofstra, but it feels like way longer than the time I was at Hofstra, you know? Yeah. I, mean, and I feel I just, like I because there was <laughs> I feel like it was a combination of being drunk a lot in Hofstra or being uh, in some way uh, predisposed. Yeah. And the uh, the second part being that, like, there's boring parts like the class, you know, like, the, like yeah, it, it, that 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 part doesn't like hit in your memory as much as little things about L.A. have have seeped into my memory, you know, like I'm just realizing I have to hit Zach up for that video of the bowl on the <laughs> floor of Estabrook. I have it. You can... do you? Oh, <laughs> hey, you should post that so everybody can see. It has been posted. As it oh. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> but uh so four years in, um, I'm uh you and it was interesting because we were also talking at the beginning about how you've been you're in the apartment that we moved into when we first mm. moved to LA. And I have um been homeless twice and moved twice, three three times. I don't a lot. Uh so I I think it for you, especially for you and Rachel, you have like a different feeling because it's like I even said I gotta go home. Uh, when I was leaving Maryland yeah. and I don't know for sure, but that might've been the first time that I didn't say like, Oh, I got to go back to LA as opposed to like going home. Yeah. I, I said, I think I have to go to my parents. I'm going to my parents for the weekend. And then when I left there, I said, I'm going home. And, um, I haven't seen all seven of the, the, um, things that you have to see in order to be an Angelino forever. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but, uh, I think I'm well on the way with the, like, uh, okay, so now it's not about moving home anymore. It's like, do I have to move back to my parents? Well, if you wait long enough, then Rachel will carry around Brooks on a little, like, stroller. So you'll be able to knock that one off the list. Oh, wait, to be fair, we've seen Carly in a cart. Yeah. So I think that that kind of <laughs> counts. Uh, <Or> because... 
during the work day, she was just being moved around the apartment in the clacks. <laughs> dogs like I'm going to count that. Dogs like the clacks. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I feel yeah, like yeah. I feel like we should reach out to the people at Clax and let them know, and they'd just be like, "God, don't use our product for that." <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely unsafe. You <laughs> could have something bad could happen to your dog. Uh, and uh, speaking of dogs, did we mention? Oh yeah, you you showed Brooks on the last episode. Yeah. Well, Brooks also now has his own um, social media, so we'll have to be sure to post that. So yeah, we're still be- working on that, but uh, Brooks the Shih Tzu, I think, is the handle on Instagram. There you go. Uh, yeah. And there are some extremely cute pictures of an extremely cute dog. Not a very yet. jealous, a very <laughs> jealous older dog uh, and a mother of that dog who takes everything very personally about like, no, 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 no. Uh, my dog is just as cute. I don't know why you're making such a big deal. She does cute things, too. Carly is cute. The, Carly, Carly just has sort of like a like, uh, uh, who the fuck is this person kind of face all the time? Like. <laughs> Like it's like well, a de- like it's a De Niro face. Like it, it like it's it's like Carly is basically doing De Niro and Meet the Parents. Like constantly like are you something wrong with you fucker? Like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I that's cuz Carly thinks that she's a real human being. Uh yeah. <laughs> she's been treated as a human her entire life. So she's like why is this other furry thing here? Uh, what do we need this for? Well, it's um, also like Carly is like so behaved and even though Brooks is very well behaved for being eight mu- or eight weeks old he's uh he's still a puppy so he still like runs around and plays and stuff like that and she like looks at us like uncivilized children like <laughs> <laughs> like she should she should have a a cigarette on the end of a, a long plastic cigarette holder like children these days i mean she basically is uh turning into um uh what is her name dame uh judy dench she's basically <laughs> james dame judy dench at this point so i mean i could totally see that happening but did I ever, did uh, I ever now, tell you the story about my mom running into Sophia Loren in New York? Oh God, no, no. So How, wait, what, was this in the '90s or was it like? No, this was when my mom was living in New York in the '70s. So, uh, late '70s, I would say. I don't know exactly the time, so, but like Sophia Loren was in her early '60s at this point, and, uh, <laughs> in her prime. Well, in still her still looking amazing. Uh, so anyway, my mom was walking down the street. She had her camera with her, and she saw Sophia Loren, and she was walking into some store, and she was just like. Uh, oh, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? And she's like, on my way out, if you can catch me, darling. And she walks into the store. <laughs> and then later, you know, my mom just stands on the sidewalk for 10 minutes or whatever until she comes back out. And then as Sophia Loren is walking back out, she's like posing for po- pictures. And she's like, what? Like doing little like face <laughs> as she like walks uh, to her car. Uh, and sometimes I feel like that's like Carly's thing. Like she, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> All right, all right. I'll stop your pictures. Carly, can can we get a picture? Only if you can catch me, darling. (laughs) (laughs) So you just got to learn, because Brooks is just like, hey, I'm cute. Want to take a picture? (laughs) Hey, what's up? Hey. Brooks sees the camera. He's just like, hey. (laughs) Hi. Hi. (laughs) The camera loves me. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so uh, Brooks on social media. Carly's already on social media at carly.crz. So check that out. Um it's being updated a lot more often for some reason in the last few days. I don't know what that could be. Well, it's because the, the Carly Girl album has been uh, filled with pictures of interlopers. So, <laughs> so they got to make a point of yeah. it. Yeah. By the way, uh, I like I like how I'm going through this problem because now uh, Google Photos has trouble identifying between two different Shih Tzus. One that's, yep. uh, one that's a puppy and one that's not. So I had to take off the automatic 
uh, uploading of every picture into the Carly Girl album of every well, Shih Tzu yes, season. Do not put that other dog in my dog's <laughs> album. Um, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> but the, uh, what was it? Oh, fuck. Um, but then you sent me a whole bunch of, like, pictures that you had taken from, like, uh, memes or, like, pictures off the television. It's just like, is this Corey? <laughs> <laughs> so Google it's Photos like, thought a crying Indian boy and Dwight Schrute were Corey. It's like, is this, is this Corey? It looks kind of like him. Uh, and then uh, the winner of all of those, though, is Katya being confused for um, uh, the wife from Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, but yeah. specifically that image, the one from. Uh, right. It was like a, a screenshot. I don't know what he's doing. Lock that down, man. What is what is in your brain? <laughs> well, come back from Mexico and then quarantine for two weeks and, and then de- and then deal with it. Yeah, by the way, we're going to have to go through this all again when he comes back from Mexico because I, then you will be have been infected by him unless you're going to, like, tape off his room. You could just do the plastic wrap <laughs> and just wrap the entire door and then create, like, some sort of feed through where you can put his bowl of cereal. Um, <laughs> or, like, uh, make it, like, I Love Lucy and split the apartment in half and <laughs> just, yeah. like, put up the plastic on this. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you'd get the half with the kitchen and the TV and uh, the bedroom and uh, the balcony. So he, yeah, so we're just, the we're just partitioning <laughs> off his room, yeah. more or less. Uh, but anyway, so uh, we have more to talk about than just he's like, our personal. Can lives. I go? He's like, I need to go check the mail. I'm just like, mm, sorry, can't cross this and line. Can't cross the border here. Doors on our <laughs> side. Uh, quarantine means stay in your apartment. <laughs> sorry about which, your luck. Would be an important thing for people to realize. But we'll talk about COVID in a bit. Before we get to that, we have to talk about the ongoing thing that is the 2020 election. Uh, Most specifically, the president's reaction to the 2020 election. And uh, this is, I think, the most telling image to come out of this entire uh, election process. And this thing that you see to my side here is... A, a list of Trump uh, tweets, and don't worry, I didn't go to actually go to Trump's tweets because I don't want to do that. But uh, I did go to a, a website where somebody was talking about his tweets, and I stole their screenshot. So, um, but this is what they're doing now. They are just basically saying he posts a tweet. The big, the uh, first tweet here is it's actually from a couple weeks ago. But uh, big press conference today in Philadelphia at Four Seasons. Total landscaping. Oh, this yeah. Was- <laughs> Nothing wrong about that tweet. Flag that one, Twitter. Meme of the week was uh, somebody who had their yard being done by Four Seasons, and they had like the trailer parked out front, and it was like, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) They're taking advantage, though. They they are putting together T-shirts and stuff like like they have a lawn in order T-shirt. Make America Rake Again, I think, was one of theirs. Like. It's it's pretty good. They're 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 capital. I always like it when a small business like this can totally capitalize on this situation. I have not liked. Uh, I think we talked about it last year when I when we went home for Christmas and a lot of Maryland was like, um, uh, "Choose us for your plumbing and choose Trump again in 2020." And I'm like, "Nope, not using you." But I will take the punny, the punny advertisements by yeah. the company that got roped into this for no reason clearly <laughs> well it also sounded that. like the, the call that was involved in booking it was like are you guys available for a press conference today and it's like yeah sure i guess <laughs> like i mean we have a we don't have a conference and we have the parking lot and eh, we'll take it it's fine is the sign out there are we gonna be able to see the sign yes okay we got it <laughs> good enough 
George, I just got the weirdest call. <laughs> the president's coming here? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Rudy Giuliani and somebody on the sex offender registry is going to be showing up. Aren't those the same person? <laughs> Hit it, Manny. Hit it, Manny. Hey. But uh, so what they've done is basically Twitter has censored the president. And, and I use this as an example just because his first tweet is relatively normal. It's just making a point. And then he follows it up with a bunch of like, the election is fraud and people are voting who shouldn't have voted. And Twitter's just basically like, nope, we're not showing you any of this. Uh, so you, you don't get to see it. And that has continued for the last two weeks, as has his ranting. Um, I'm getting more and more worried about a barricade in the West Wing with a gun and kind of situation happening in January. Like he's inching more closer and closer to the crazy side of the spectrum. I think at some point, uh, he maybe after the Senate runoff in Georgia, he will he will come to his senses or he'll be like, "There's no point in fighting this anymore. Like I'm just gonna run again in four years." Blah blah blah. I already got Loeffler and Purdue elected in Georgia, so yeah. Like, I I feel like the Republicans are doing this act where, you know, if anyone else in the world had done this, they would have been like, "Shut the fuck up and <laughs> concede." Because you're going to make us all look bad. But for this one, they're trying so desperately to, like, placate his his ego in this regard. Even though even though nothing like, you know, it's like when you're watching a football game and like, you know, the it's like the Dolphins and the Titans and the Dolphins are winning by 30 and there's two minutes left and the Titans are still like gunning, like throwing Hail Marys. It's like, dude, give up. Like, there's no there's no way like. The score is too big. Like, even if you were to successfully get, like, touchdowns, touchdown. on, the, uh, touchdowns on the first Hail Mary that you threw every time, and you got four onside kicks, and you, like, it's like, just run it out. Just, like, you're done. Like, it's cool. Like, everyone loses well, I mean, listen, time to time. Uh, all the fantasy players out there right now are screaming at you, like, no, they should absolutely <laughs> not do that. In fact. Oh, yeah, Brian Tannehill on my fantasy team, you motherfucker. <laughs> have Tua just launch it downfield a couple of 90 yard receptions for touchdowns would do me really well i have Tua on my team but he's been on the bench a lot um shouldn't be anymore probably well we'll see yeah we'll see what happens um but uh you make an interesting point because i'm just realizing as you're talking there that people in georgia who are going to go vote for the democratic candidates are voting for something yeah and without trump the republicans are really voting just against because nobody, I mean, Purdue and Loeffler aren't really the most likable people, and they're very strong Trumpers. So without Trump kind of saying, like, we're still in this, pay attention to me, and I'll go vote for my people in, in Georgia, that might be end up being a blowout. I mean, I I, I think this Georgia election is going to be really weird. Uh, I would imagine that you're going to get most of the same sort of Democratic turnout you would do, you would get in the presidential election, because I feel like the stakes are properly raised for all those people. Um, but I, I you, you'll get some sort of fall off. But the question is, how much of the Republican vote falls off too? you know, like, uh, yeah, when Doug Jones beat uh, Roy Moore in Alabama, it wasn't because Doug Jones was like so much of a better candidate than Roy Moore, even though he was. It was because a certain number of Republicans decided they weren't going to show up. Because like Roy Moore was just too toxic, like they it just wasn't yeah. enough to go for him. So Doug Jones barely squeaked by in that because so many Republicans decided to sit it out. And, and I mean, that's like what that's they're trying to avoid, though. 
Right. And the the question is, do you, you know, do you, you know, they had their like million mega march on Saturday or whatever down down in D.C. There still seems to be a a general excitement for the president as a as a person in public life and stuff like that. But I, I just don't. I will never understand it. For the, I, I've lived through this, and for the rest of my life, I'm never going to properly understand like what about Trump is so fascinating to people. Like, well, it's it's owning the libs. I think you brought it up last week. It's yeah. not really about Trump. It's that he owns the libs, and I want a guy who owns the libs. Not knowing, and most of these people are too dumb to realize that Mitch McConnell has far more owned the libs than Trump ever will. In yeah, his storied career. But McConnell will own the libs because he will do whatever he needs to do to get a win for the Republicans in whatever way he, he sees fit. Like, whether or not that be, you know, stacking the court with a bunch of judges or, you know, trying to block Obama from getting things done. He does things to own the libs that are only beneficial to him. Like, he, he would not have time for, you know, the camps down on the border or anything like that. You know, like, yeah, he... he he will politely let Trump just handle that. Like he he's not going to interfere. He's not gonna he's not gonna say it's wrong or anything, but he won't he wouldn't do that on his own, you know? Because there's no political benefit for him to do so. Well, I mean, but speaking of which, uh he, he is doing that kind of right now. With the judges? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean we we what would be throwing to you. We would be stupid to think that that McConnell was not going to uh, try and shove through every single available opportunity through the lame duck. Uh, and I, I don't imagine... It used to be when you were a candidate who lost an election and you were going to uh, go back to private life, you didn't want to vote for things in lame duck unless it was super important because people would say, you know, like, oh, we had voted for Rob, but we voted him out in this r- recent election, but he's still voting for things... <laughs> even though we've said that we don't want him anymore, you know? So, like, there's this this place where you have to be when you're voting on things in lame duck session where you have to say to yourself, is this absolutely necessary? Like, if they wanted to put through pandemic response, I imagine that would be a reasonable enough point to have, you know, somebody have a lame duck vote. But shoving through, you know, 15th Court of Appeals <laughs> justice who... You know, the American Bar Association says is, you know, absolutely unqualified for the, to be a lawyer, let alone a judge. Uh, th- those those things don't seem as necessary and relevant. But McConnell and, is going that's... to just push him through because he can. He's He might lose the Senate in January. So this might be his last chance to stack that deck. So, yeah, I was going to say, I think that the historical nature of the lame duck period was really just like, OK, so. Now I, Republican senator, have nothing to lose except for to be the good guy and maybe win again in two, four, six years whenever there's another election to the Senate. Uh, six years for your own seat, but every state has two and no two are in the same uh, election unless somebody leaves their post, which is why Georgia has two right yeah. now. Um, but I, I mean, if if I'm a Republican senator who didn't get elected this year or maybe even or if I had my election and lost now, I'm thinking. What's post-Trump? And do I want to be the one Republican, two, I guess three that we need now, who crosses the border and says, you know what, pandemic relief is very important. I'm going to vote for this. 
And then you get to be the guy who's like, I, we had, there was three Republicans who voted for pandemic relief in December of 2020. I was one of them. And when my replacement got in there, mm-hmm. he didn't do anything to help you for six years to be, send me back to the Senate. To be honest, your best chance of something like that happening would have been if somebody who was really hated lost their seat. Yeah. So like yeah. if Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham or, uh, Susan Collins or somebody like that had lost their election and they were going to be in lame duck, then I could totally see Lindsey Graham going like, I got to make this count. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like going out on, on, you know, talk shows and besides saying that Trump is, is right for challenging the election, saying things like, you know, like the American people deserve the, the, (laughs) this, the things that we give to them to survive this time period. Like, you know, he, he would totally about face to try and make, make good on it. But I mean, Right now, I look at every Republican who enabled Trump to be just as bad as Trump. So it's not like in four years from now when Marco Rubio runs for president again or Lindsey Graham runs for president again, I'm going to go like, oh, totally forgot about everything they've ever done. Like, (laughs) I'm going to remember that you were totally okay with Trump. Like, you said you were not okay with him at the beginning, and then he won, and then you were okay with him, and then you defended him to the death. You know, like Rubio was at campaign events like as recently as like, you know, the week before the election. So, hey, how about Ted Cruz? Yeah. Who he called your wife names and in the same election and cycle said, you and, said your, and said your father shot JFK or was involved in the assassination of JFK. <laughs> like, And I mean, listen, there is murder in his blood, but that's because he is the Golden State Killer <laughs> or no uh, Zodiac. Zodiac killer. Yeah, don't don't not, confuse not them. Father, he's a Zodiac killer. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, it's when Ted Cruz inevitably runs again in four years, which he will, yeah. unless something happens in Texas to get rid of him. But no, he's good for the next presidential election. Would he, be his Senate year too. Yeah, so he would have to give up that seat if he wanted to run for president. Because mm. yeah. uh, he no, can't Kamala run for wasn't. He can't run yeah. for both. Yeah, you could run for both. I don't think effectively. If you, if you win, no, I mean obviously not. But if you <laughs> win both, then uh, you would just step down from your seat, and they would fill it with somebody else. It would happen in a place where it's like um, trying to think of a native son uh, or a native daughter uh, who yeah. could do that. Um, but there's not really a good one. There's if not John, really a great. If John Waters wants to run for senator in Maryland. <laughs> I if uh, when John McCain ran for president. Yeah, the likelihood is he was all he would have also been the Republican choice on the ballot because they're like, this state is pushing blue and we want to get keep the seat and then we'll appoint somebody for six years or until there's a special election held to replace him. Yeah, but I want to keep this seat in the presidential year if we can. But it wasn't his uh, election reelection year. Right. I got to avoid that. Mostly uh, candidates like to avoid that Um, unless you're a congressman. Then you uh, uh can't do both but uh unless josh lyman is running your campaign i don't know how you're gonna push out a uh the uh house the uh the big problem though right now is that obviously the republicans are being ridiculous they're you know trump specifically is just every single lawsuit every single thing that he's fighting in court is not beneficial to him at all because you're talking about so few votes your hope is that a big swath of votes would come your way. And like, so uh, I was just reading it before the podcast started. There was a, they found a bunch of votes in Georgia that they tried to upload to the main server. It was on an SD card. 
Oh, okay. And they tried to upload it to the server, and it failed. So there were 2,600 or so votes that were not sent along to the Georgia Secretary of State on Election Day. And of those votes, it like basically went uh, net 800 to Trump. Okay. Uh, so, you know, like we just found 800 votes for Trump in the state of Georgia during their recount process. And by the way, they already knew about this because they, they looked at like the number of votes that they had sent in and the number of votes that they had. And there was a there was a problem. So they knew that there yeah. were outstanding votes they needed to figure out, but they couldn't figure out where it was until they went until deeper they did, into it until they did the, the recount, thing, basically. The thing that they can they have recounts for. This is the, the process at work. It's yeah. like we're missing some. We're going to we're actually I don't think Georgia called it. The media called Georgia for Biden. Well, no, but, no state has officially called the election. Yeah. I mean, like the, no, uh, no, Delaware, states, Delaware. Oh, has. It, has it certified already? So they certify it's only like 40 the, people, so it's pretty easy to <laughs> they certify the Wednesday, uh, the first full Wednesday following Election Day is their um, uh, Electoral College Day where they mm-hmm. certify results and the electors cast their vote. Um, and they do that because they they are the first state and they want to continue to be the first state. So like New Hampshire, they vote first and they get the first um primary yeah. Delaware certifies first they also are allowed to do that because they have like 900,000 people living in the entire state yeah it's easy really it's really easy for Delaware <laughs> <laughs> and they are they actually have really re- for a democratic state especially they have restrictive laws about like um mail-in ballots have to be in by election day it's, mm. it doesn't matter about the postmark so it has to be in so people have to play in advance and basically on election day you have all of your ballots all 900,000 ballots you have to count <laughs> which was like a half a day of counting for uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> they got 20 people in the room just like going through. We're just going to bang through this real quick. <laughs> we'll All be right. done by lunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, more, maybe more important than the election itself is the transition. And mm-hmm. I, I have a very important question to ask you, Corey. Okay. Is it me or is Joe Biden aging really horribly? It looks to me as if he is aging terribly and a lot in a very short amount of time. But maybe maybe it's just me. I, I think uh, it might be just you because most of I, most of what I think people see of Biden is in ideal lighting situations where he's like, you know, at a, at a town a, a debate or a, a town hall or something like that where they have lighting and cameras and makeup and mm-hmm. stuff like that to accentuate him the best he can. He still looks old in those things, but like, you know, it's not quite the same as like a press pool photographer taking a shot of him at some sort of, you know, event that is this image that people are looking yeah, at. Yeah, exactly. Now. Like, you know, like I, I don't Skeletor think Skeletor looks like he won our democratic process. I, I don't think he looks any older than he, he has in any of the past couple of months. But, you know, like this is what you get when you nominate two 70 year olds to run for president. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like. And I just if, if it was Pete again. Buttigieg up on that stage, I don't think we'd be saying about how horribly he looks like he's aged. I just think. Like... Okay, now I have to make two points. One of which is <laughs> I said Buttigieg from the beginning, and none of you all listened to me. And if you had, we wouldn't be here today. But two, can we stop nominating cis white men in their seventies for will, president? I will have you know, I was very excited about Buttigieg from the beginning. Liar! Wait, no lies. Go to the tape. Pretty much, pretty much the same exact time that you were saying Buttigieg, I was saying Buttigieg, and we did a podcast episode where we picked like our five favorites or something like that people we wanted mm-hmm. to run for president. It was prior mm-hmm. to 
people starting to throw their hat in the ring, and you had Buttigieg on that list. I did. And I gave it to you because we were going back and forth on the picks. Mm-hmm. I think I gave him up for Booker. I was like, Corey Booker's going to win this thing. I'm not worried. <laughs> 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 oh, how the mighty have fallen. Um, although he'll probably get something in the administration, honestly. I don't know and if you'd want to give up that Senate seat. Like people that, are talking that's about, the problem. People are talking about uh uh Elizabeth Warren going into the administration. I'm just like dummies, you're losing a democratic seat held by a Republican governor and a state yep. held by a Republican governor. Like if we lost if one of the the Maryland senators decided to join the Biden administration, then Larry Hogan gets to pick the the person who fills that seat and he's not going to pick a Democrat just because it's Democrat state, he's gonna pick no. Dan Bongino or some shit like that. Oh my God. <laughs> a name I thought I'd never have to hear again. Uh, but and, and the, by the way, just as an aside fact, because Dan yeah. Bongino is like the number one shared person on Facebook for like what the last year. Yeah. Oh my God. Look at the most shared uh, things on on Facebook, and like eight out of ten of them are without fa- without fail Dan Bongino. I don't want to go and there. All I think about is like. How he got fucking curb stomped when he ran for Congress, <laughs> like, like he, uh, I, the usually in elections you don't see people like, uh, it, it was like watching, uh, there were three people in that race. I can't remember who it was. There were three people in that race, but uh, they were basically treating him like Steve Buscemi and the Big Lebowski. <laughs> like anytime he'd shut up, they'd be like, "Shut up, Dan! You're out of your element." <laughs> so. It, he he got he fucking he got fucking thrashed. I I can't even because it, it was a uh, it was like one of those elections where two Republicans decided that they were going to run against one Democrat who had it's one of those one of those uh uh districts or it was like no it was for the Senate. So yeah, he's run multiple races. Yeah, he's and run a lot. He elected to anything. <laughs> Never so. gotten more than like ten percent of the vote in any election he's ever run. But he but, feels I mean, perfectly content being able to tell everyone else why <laughs> why they should why they're doing it everything makes wrong. Absolute sense <laughs> that people on Facebook think he's a genius and he can't <laughs> get elected to shit. So hey, Ryan Leaf wants to talk about the NFL. I think we should listen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so transition, uh, <laughs> to get back on topic. Cause I realized we're already at like, uh, 40 minutes now. So, um, uh, so Biden, uh, looks old. Uh, we should stop again. No older than Trump though. I don't think that there's that like a huge difference. Let me pull up Skeletor's picture again. Hang on. Um, it's 77 so, I mean, to 73 here. or something like that. So there's like a four year difference between them. But it's not as though but he's I mean, that like, much different. And by the way, have you seen? Uh, I saw a side by side of Trump in 2016 and Trump now. Mm-hmm. He is 100 percent getting that presidential aging, where like you age so much faster when you're president. But he's also such a master. He's also such a user of like cover up and Tanner and stuff that like it looks almost the same. But then they're like, wait, let's zoom in. And then you see yeah. that, like, oh, he's just caking stuff on. Yeah. So that he doesn't look as old as he probably looks in the mirror. Well, the one I've noticed especially is the the hair. Because mm. Trump, even up until, even through 2016, was doing that blonde hair thing that he was doing. Like, it's not a real blonde. <laughs> no. But it's, it's, you know, like a blonde that he feels like he can pull off. <laughs> and... <laughs> He was he was uh you know clearly going to a hairdresser every so often and just getting it touched up, 
weekly. But, yeah. Yeah. But now he can't go to the hairdresser like that. Uh, or, you know, like it, it's just not allowed as much anymore because he's definitely graying a little bit. It's definitely like a graying blonde. Like, listen, you can't. He's call only a, he's only able to do it like every three mo- weeks instead of every week. So it's, it's you can't showing call up a Nancy little bit. Pelosi for going to the hairdresser and then get seen at a hairdresser. I don't give a fuck about way. Nancy Pelosi. She can go suck dick. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> it's just like Newsom too. Like Newsom. Is, had a, went to a friend's birthday party at the French Laundry, which is a four hundred dollar a plate dining experience in Napa Valley. Yep, uh, you it's know, also a dining experience inside where we're not supposed to be eating. Well, technically, Thanks, technically, it was outside. Newsom was was like, well, well, we didn't really violate any rules except for having more than three households <laughs> in one place. Uh, that's a rule. Yeah. Uh, just because you've been, you know, sewn into your suits. Uh, and I also noticed he has grown his hair out a little bit. He's still slicking it back, but it is starting to get a little longer. Yeah. And I'm like, is that your way of saying, like, even I have gone without haircuts <laughs> to my $400 a plate birthday dinner? <laughs> You'll, we'll see. We'll see how much longer he lets it go. Because at a, at a certain point, when you, as somebody who grows their hair out with some regularity, like, there's a point where it just gets too long and you're just like, can't do it anymore. Got to fucking cut it. Got to. I'm going to give Unless uh, you're specifically saying to yourself, like, I'm not going to the barber because I'm worried I might get COVID, which is like where I am at the moment. I'm giving Gavin Newsom the same advice I'm going to give you. Cut it. Cut it. (laughs) Look at this. That is my fifth, my fifth at home haircut. I'm getting real good at this. I'm getting real good at it. So people at home may not know unless you're you're. curly haired like me but this is not a straightforward operation this requires this requires specialist hands you know like i'm gonna go dig into uh my my uh photos.google.com and find the picture of you with the shaved head from like 2009 no earlier than that 2005 whatever, something like that yeah yeah I, it's fine i mean <laughs> just shave it do what i do <laughs> i'm at the point i'm about to go like order an actual like uh hair trimmer set because i've been using my beard trimmer on this and it's not as accurate as i would like i'm like all right so i need something that's around mm, eight millimeters what do i have five and twelve all right well what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna hit it with the 12 and then i'm gonna do the little like just the edges just try to get down a little bit get down a little bit yeah and then i end up with this line across the back of my head that's crooked and going towards my dominant hand um i'm gonna get the the set and you know what I'll come over and I will buzz your head. Well, we'll I'll, I'll, I can't do any worse than Floyd's barbershop did with your hair. All right. <laughs> I'll be fine. Floyd's has done me right. It was the other place that charged too much for a really awful haircut. <laughs> Gave me the I Kim Jong Un. <laughs> Rob's dead. Oh, good. <laughs> the, yeah, it was the Kim Jong Un. That's uh, that was the hairstyle. Shaved on the side. Fold over on the top. It was well, a good look, though. Rachel liked it. Well, the undercut was uh, is popular, and this is what I get forever. Anytime I ever like look into like doing something that popular people like, I'm just like, I always look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, just do what I like. Don't don't worry about it. Go back yeah. to my days of wearing Jinko jeans. Oh man. <laughs> uh, but you know, if the '80s are making a comeback now, you know what's next. Jinkos are gonna come back. I'm gonna be wearing like, uh, you know, the 38 inch waist with the 52 inch pipes <laughs> on the bottom, <laughs> and a chain wallet. 
Yeah, just say, you know, pants big enough that a small child can hide in the leg of your I, pant leg if they have to. I wonder why we haven't extended this this uh, this everything coming back thing to a phone case that connects to a chain that connects to your belt. Because I, I feel like you have just come up with something amazing <laughs> and uh, bad and bending. Bad and bending. Bad and bending. <laughs> Because I, I guarantee you there are hipsters out there who would 100% rock the chain to the – I'm going to design that. I'm going to go – okay, not – I'm not going to go. I'm going to go to hottopic.com, not to a hot topic because I don't even know if the store I'm going to buy a chain wallet. I'm going to break off the wallet. I'm going to buy a case and I'm going to glue them together. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Shark Tank, here I come, baby. That's it. I'm going on Shark Tank. No, you guys don't understand because you're too old, but kids are going to love these. Mark Cuban, I got the thing for you. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Cuban probably yeah. still rocks a chain wallet. <laughs> when you have well, like $9 billion, do you the, give a shit? He's the only one on Shark Tank I know. I don't, I've never like really watched that show. I just know that so, like. There's the lady from the pay commercials, the, uh, the HR website or hr app commercials do you know who i'm talking about no no you probably don't um god she's blonde and then there's like uh there's i mean there's like a bald guy guy, yeah i I mean like i know i know of like if i was walking into a room and shark tank was on mute i would be able to say oh that shark tank yeah but it's not like i know anyone other than mark cuban by name in that group you know Fair enough. Uh, the richest, most powerful people in the country. And I feel like any of I feel names. like there was a a commercial with the bald one too, where he was just like, "Hi, I'm Dick Johnson from Shark Tank." So I think and, there was, but he was actually promoting a product because I feel like it was on like CNN on or something like that. Yeah, I, I remember that one. It was like you may have seen this on Shark Tank, and then yeah. it's like, oh wait, so you invested, and now you're the face of this thing. Like, how bad <laughs> is this product? Got to get my investment back. Uh, yeah. But real quick, just on the transition, uh, yes. at, at what point in your mind, if you're if you're uh, if you're Ron Klain, you're the you're the senior guy inside the, the Biden administration, the incoming Biden administration. Yeah. Uh, you are being kicked out of talking to the current heads of all the departments that you have to coordinate the transition with. Whoever's left. Yeah. 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 Um, at what point do you stop being nice about this and just start like in, insisting that things start happening here? Because I, I, I feel like this is we're December is usually high gear for transition stuff. Yep. Like sort of the month leading up to Christmas becomes high, high gear for transition. And then post Christmas, you get like that last push. But you really want to have like 80 percent of the work done pre Christmas kind of thing. Yep. Traditionally speaking, because like things slow down from Christmas to New Year's. Obviously, there's still work being done, but it's like you want to have the bulk of it done by Christmas. And oh, it's done by the underlings. It's like I'm going to go on Christmas vacation. You should work. Oh yeah, I mean like you know cle- <laughs> clearly they're all you know <laughs> anyone who's getting uh, getting business cards from the White House is going to take vacation during the Christmas to New Year's part of the thing and. Well, I mean, so here's the thing. We forget because Obama made up the office of the president-elect, which wasn't a thing, but he had like a whole placard made and like an office of the president-elect, and it was a good move on his part. But uh, historically, it's been really friendly, and people have done it, but there is no <coughs> – there is nothing – no holding under law that creates this transition. It's from uh, middle of the 19th century. Well, I get- 20- 
there, there's, there's like unofficial things. Like there's money yeah. put aside for transition within the budget. But so that, who releases that money? Well, the presidency does. The, Only the president yeah. of the United States. And yeah. everything that Biden needs to see is classified and who declassifies things? The president. President of the United States. Yeah. And until he is president, there is no requirement that they do anything. Yeah. Now, that means you start on, you know, in the batter's box, not really even in the batter's box. You start in the dugout up in the clubhouse on day one, which is not ideal. But if you are Trump and you're running in 2024, don't you want to be able to say, like, wasted the first two years of his presidency? I don't know Try what to he get was things doing. in order. Yeah, I got more done in the last two months of my presidency. We put 127 judges on courts <laughs> around the country. But after his uh, his presidency started, two years and nothing. So why are you going to give him another shot? Or his vice president, who will probably be the one come running in four years. I think we're about a week away from the sternly worded press release of we need to we need to move past this. And, and then a do? week following that will be the even more sternly worded press release. And then and what's that do? Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm saying this is where I imagine we're going to be over the next couple of weeks where it's just going to be Biden transition people going like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> just like, and sorry, the, can't can't hear you over the sound of the music. <laughs> the administ- there are people in the administration who seem open to doing a transition, but won't without the president's authority. And if they start doing that, he will fire them, which yeah. he's done in the last few weeks. And it's like, all right. <laughs> person who's underneath you get to be secretary now do you want to keep doing this nope no I'm well he no pulled it, he he fired esper and then pulled a bunch of troops from afghanistan and apparently republicans are upset about that but how upset could they possibly be because they're just gonna let him do whatever the fuck he wants not gonna do anything about it and <laughs> speaking obviously of, speaking of doing whatever the fuck you want uh covid news Oh, see, you missed the transition there because I was going to go the other way and say it could be a problem with having, you know, no one in place because then you put temporary people in place and then you become the acting Chad. <laughs> oh, we got acting Corey's Chad first. <laughs> yeah, let's just jump to that because we were talking about administration stuff. But yeah. uh, Corey's favorite person, acting Chad, back in the news. <laughs> Chad Wolf, acting Chad. Uh, <laughs> so... uh. We joke around about him being acting Chad, but that's because he was not confirmed by the Senate. And uh, Won't be. Won't, will not be. Will never be confirmed by the Senate. Has not been and will not be confirmed by the Senate. Uh, and now federal judges are saying that apparently that has to happen before you're allowed to do things. So, uh, basically, everything that, that uh, Chad Wolf has put forward as DHS secretary is... Uh, going to be no mas because he doesn't have the legal authority to hold the office or do anything with the office because he wasn't legally allowed to hold it to begin with. So Because he didn't have the advice and consent of the Senate. Yeah. And this is a difficult thing to um, happen now. Funny, funny for us, but difficult. Oh, sorry. Difficult because now if Mitch McConnell holds the Senate, mm. meaning that both of the Democrats lose and both Republicans win. Or just one of them wins. It doesn't even even have to be. Yeah, I mean, it could be Purdue and and Warnock that go on, but, you know, McConnell will still have a 51-49. Unless you get somebody reasonable in the Senate, like, I want to say Mitt Romney, but who knows, Uh, (laughs) Collins, but who knows, who'll cross over and be like, ah. But the point is that they could just not confirm anyone for Joe Biden at all. And just be like, okay, nothing that your DHS does is legal. Nothing your Defense Department does is legal. Nothing anyone does is legal because they're not confirmed. Yeah. And so that's dangerous. This was a dangerous tool for them to give Mitch McConnell if he does hold the majority. But 
funny because basically Chad Wolf has been hard. He's probably been the hardest working member of the the. Yeah. Uh, it's the only one who's trying to cabinet. do the job. Yeah, he's like I'm. I, he's like I'm qualified. I'm actually going to do the job. There's a guy at Post that at USPS who doesn't even know what day of the week it is, and <laughs> I'm here doing my job, and you're going to question me. Um, also, he looks a bit like a supermodel. If you could just see that, that's, that's nah, I don't agree with that at all. He looks like Daryl Issa. Nah, I feel like he's got that. He's got that like. Uh, uh, I did I see you in some ads back in the nineties? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, he has I was the, the face of Jinko. He has the he has the look of somebody who's like, do you know I'm acting, Chad? Okay, that too. <laughs> yes, uh, but that's just. Do you know who I am? I'm the, I'm the Chad in charge currently of Chads. But it, uh, <laughs> it's it's good and bad. Good because a lot of the crappy stuff that they've tried to do in the last two years isn't legal basically yeah um it doesn't hold any I mean, water question question is was any of it legal that's the wow. even prior to chad what was any of this legal that's that's part of the, well, the, that's the also long the, process yeah. of what we're going to be dealing with over the next couple of years finding out what of what trump did was legal <laughs> and the honestly that was the court finding an easy out because they could have said okay this whole program is fucked and <laughs> no none of this is legal but instead they were like you know what? He is the acting DHS. You're right. Nope. Acting doesn't count. Not legal. Got to move on. <laughs> so we'll have to go back again uh, after Trump doesn't nominate somebody. And then Joe does and nobody gets confirmed and we'll see yeah. how it works. But um, that's more about Mitch McConnell, who more and more I'm coming to see. We did a thing about how his hands were all bruised and uh, what's that smell in the Senate? Oh, Mitch is rotting from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um I'm beginning to think that he's got a, a Darth Vader thing going on that like being evil makes him happy and the happiness is slowly killing him. So he's found a mm. nice balance where he's like, I'm rotting. Yes, but uh, I'm also carrying out a lot of evil things. So it's, I can't be happy about being evil. That's why he does the <laughs> yeah. laugh. Um, also his personality is probably why he does that. Uh, but um yeah, it's it's uh I think we're gonna find out that uh Mitch McConnell is actually just uh Emperor Palpatine before we're all over. It's gonna be revealed. He's gonna like come out in the Senate on his last day, flip up a hood, and just lightning everybody in the Senate. And uh or the we'll bad guy or the bad guy from Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you say and I imagined I pictured the bad guy, but then I also immediately go to the guy rocking the guitar on the front of his car where he's like <laughs> <laughs> That's not McConnell. <laughs> He doesn't have that kind he ain't, of. He ain't about meat hooks. He ain't gonna do that <laughs> shit. Uh, but anyway, back to what Corey tried to transition to before, <laughs> which is uh, COVID, because it's very serious, and I'm glad we got our giggles out of the way now. But time to be serious. The U.S. The U.S. is averaging 150 thousand new cases a day. We said two weeks ago. Oh well, we hit 99 thousand on a Saturday, but because there's lower. Uh, lower test numbers on Saturday and Sunday, we've 100% hit a hundred thousand that Fauci predicted. And Trump said, we'll never hit it. Don't worry about it. And then we hit it. And now we're at 150,000 a day. And Oh, sorry. The, the headline here was average. There's a pending. Yeah. There, there's an average and we're, it's a pending humanitarian crisis. And I joked four years ago that Trump, I wanted Trump to win because he was going to turn us into a third world, uh, a third world country. And Look at this. We are about to have our own humanitarian crisis, Corey, and a tin pot dictator who's not going to give up power. Welcome to the third world, baby. <laughs> We've done he it. He did everything I promised. He did everything I asked of him and more. 
Uh, yeah, just since we recorded uh, Monday two weeks ago. Yep. And we had a basically 100,000 day on Saturday. And then just a couple days ago, I think Saturday of this this past Saturday was the day where we hit 186,000. So we are we are not only jumping a lot, but we're jumping a lot rapidly. And, you know, uh, it's really sad because it seems like, to me at the very least, like people people forget about how long it takes for this to catch up to whatever point we're at. So even if... The lag, yeah. Hypothetically speaking, like say everyone, literally 100% of people just stayed inside their houses and didn't go anywhere for three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And we got 100% of people to do it. We just had vacation for three weeks, right? Everyone well, I'm got paid. I'm liking the sound of this. Everyone, okay. got, everyone got paid. It, it, you're just sitting in your home, just watching Netflix for three weeks, right? Uh, well, wait, 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 wait. We would still You have- would sit at home and nap and watch Netflix for three weeks. <laughs> I would come up with, I don't know, a short film that I filmed in my apartment by myself and also a brand new podcast that's going to run twice a day and uh, many other twice things. Twice a day? And, yeah, man. That's the you, next challenge. I got the daily down. Now the next is how can I do a one minute podcast twice a day? Uh, I'm looking for inspiration. If anybody's interested, <laughs> <Just let me. laughs> I'm breaking new ground, Corey. <laughs> Prolific. I'm trying to get my ten thousand hours. The Twitter, in. the Twitter of uh, podcasting. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> just go on, go on Twitter trending topics twice a day, and just be like, "Here's what I see on Twitter trending." I'm gonna noodle that over, uh, and maybe not here's, record it. Just go live. Here's what the algorithm's saying about me: guillotines. <laughs> yeah, my algorithm's not gonna be what most people's. <laughs> but you know, Anchor does allow us to go live directly from the app. It's one of the great things, and one of the reasons we use Anchor.fm. And you can find the podcast at Anchor.fm forward slash Oh the Anthem. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Um, <laughs> that was a nice ad that I slid right in there. Anchor, where you at? Come on with that money. <laughs> uh, but yes, even if, even if everyone stayed home and nobody did anything, then we would still be seeing cases rise because somebody who got exposed today is not going to be showing symptoms for another, you know, week, ten days, fourteen days, something like that. So, you know, people will continue to get sick while still at home, which means that even if everyone shut literally everything down we would still be seeing more cases then than we would be now and it, you would get locked in you get infected you get locked in with your roommates and now your roommates who have avoided it thus far are stuck in a small space with you yeah and it sucks because they're gonna get sick too but at the end of three weeks we could come out and just be like all right if everybody did literally, this theoretically literally everyone is is is, is past it now now we're done it. Uh, yeah. No more flights from outside the country. Uh, you know, if we had roving bands of security agents who were like, get back in your house, um, which we're not going to do. Uh, yeah. Not until after January 20th, 2021. Uh, but um, if we were able to do that, like literally there are small, co- like New Zealand, this is how New Zealand beat it. They shut down. Everybody stayed home and it burned itself out because yes, it affects more people in a household, but 14 days is basically as long as it runs. You shut down for three weeks. It burns its way through a household. Anybody who was going to infect anybody gets it. And then we're done. We're done with the whole thing. Now, my guess is apparently New Zealand's cases are going up too. But that's only because it's the one of the only COVID-free countries. And people are like, oh, I'm going to travel yeah. there for a vacation. 
it's the uh, L.A. or the uh, the L.A., the Nashville, the Las Vegas, where it's like, oh, it's really bad at home. So I had to get out of there. I came to L.A. and infect nine people in L.A. Right. Again. It's just like, you know, like I love the I would love the idea of going to Vegas right now. But oh, yeah. I just nice. know that everyone else who's going to Vegas right now is like going like, oh, I'm fucking sick of all the raging cases here in South Dakota. I'm going to go to Vegas. <laughs> and uh, I mean, speaking of which, um, California, Oregon and Washington have issued travel advisories, one for people traveling into the state, but also for their citizens who are traveling elsewhere and coming home uh, to say, hey, when you get home, you should quarantine. Now, what they should do is, I don't know. Avoid, even if they have a regular thing that they do every single week at nearly the same time, and it's been regular for, I don't know, more than six years, almost seven years, they should find a way to isolate and uh, stay at home and then go get tested. Uh, I don't know, maybe twice, uh, just to make sure they're clear. Wait hmm, eight days or so, go get a test, see how you feel. Go another couple days later, get another test. You know, like this guy is doing. Yeah. Because I'm smart, and I'm smarter than all of you. But... The problem People is who I see at restaurants. The see, but the and this is the the problem I think is that you know like in in places where there weren't cases, like you remember when Florida was acting completely ridiculous, but they weren't getting cases. Like <laughs> yeah, and like New what's York, going on in Florida? New York yeah. was still the epicenter, and like three weeks had passed, and Florida didn't get like a huge influx of cases, and like people were just like, oh, did Florida figure it out when everyone else failed? Some somehow Florida figured it out, and then they got just walloped harder than anybody else. Like as soon as. It hit, as soon as it hit them, it really fucking hit them. Well, as soon as the and, seniors hit them, then uh, for senior week and spring break. Yeah, well, then. yeah. But I'm saying, like, the, the idea that, you know, like, anyone feels like they're they're safe is kind of not true because it's just a matter of time before it hits wherever you are. Like, I'm sure people who are living in, you know, like, the upper Midwest where, you know, population density is really low, like South Dakota or something like that, were saying to themselves, like, oh, we're never going to get it. Who's going to come here? Who's going to bring it to South Dakota? Blah, blah, blah. Sturgis! Yeah. But <laughs> then, but seriously, like, you, you you know, we're at the the point now where, like, the Midwest is just getting walloped. And 50%. 50% rate, positive rates on in South Dakota. Yeah. Idaho. Crazy. And, you know, it, it's... You know, there's people who that I sent you the video of a nurse who was on CNN earlier and talking about uh, how people are in the hospital, like unable to breathe on ventilators and like yelling that this is fake and a hoax and and angry about it as opposed to like reaching out to their family in these last couple moments that they have alive. And it's just like. I understand why somebody would want to believe that it's fake. Because that's easier than dealing with the consequences of what we all have to do collectively yeah. to be a part of this. But, like, you know, at, at some point, or can we just, like, all just agree to be adult about this? I don't know what else to say. Like, it's. I'm going to play. I want to play newscaster for a bit. Ready? Here okay. we go. His last words to the nurse, uh, because he wouldn't allow his family in the room, is COVID is fake and no one is going to die from that illness. He died of COVID at age 43. <laughs> That's what you're preparing yourself yeah. for. Like you get to be uh, an onion story where they like, nope, this is real news. And then they posted a, uh, a title that seems like it's from the onion. I mean, it just feels like the Darwin awards is going to be filled with so many oh. candidates this year. It's going to be hard to, how do you choose one? How I do mean, you pick it, one? it almost feels like you have to, to postpone the awards because 
it would be in poor taste to mention all the people who fucking were deserving of the award. Like, you know. I think for the first time in their history, the Darwin Awards are going to give the award to COVID for showing us who <laughs> takes themselves out of the, uh, who needed to take themselves out of the. Uh, uh, out of the mix. The mix. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, pool, the gene pool. Because their thing is what, uh, someone, uh, people who take themselves, remove themselves from the gene pool. Yeah. So uh, uh, a bunch of people did that. I mean, I, I think I think travel advisories would work, but, you know, like uh, it's also kind of toothless. Like, what are you going to how do you stop that? Right. Like, yep. D- did anyone come to you when you got off the plane and said, like, hey, d- where'd you just come from? You got a quarantine for two weeks or anything like that. Like, take any information or figure out where you're going or what you're doing or. Nope. Nobody at all. Yeah. Uh, and there were on my flight who were coming in from international trips uh like there was one guy i overheard talking who said he was coming from i think australia uh yeah coming from australia by way of the philippines or something Mm -hmm. into lax on my flight across country and then was catching a flight from philadelphia to europe and i'm like oh so you're going from australia to europe cool (laughs) that's um uh, patient zero shit right there. That's good. I, I enjoy that. Thank you. I mean, the, the big problem is that like the rules are so different for everyone. And that's part of the problem here. Like, you know, I, uh, we're, we were talking about Newsom at the French laundry in Napa, right? With 12 people mm-hmm. at a private dinner party outside. Right. And it's not, it's, it's not good optics, but you know, again, there's nothing that he did that was like, super fucking illegal <laughs> you know it's not like you had a, a raging party in an indoor house or something like that you know yeah 12 better people outside but, than, but better than what most influencers are and, doing right and better than than what i'm seeing from people who are back home in maryland you know like i i feel sure. like you know like indoor dining with more than 10 people is something i'm seeing all the time in maryland and you know to them that doesn't seem like a bad thing like you know in in the mind of the people who are are living under less restriction they think that they're being safe, even though, uh, you know, comparatively to other parts of the country, you know, we we look at the, the antics and we go like, oh, my God, you know, like I, I see anyone at a bar with a lot of people and I'm just like, oh, my God, why are you there? Like, yeah, but, Who you know, forced like, you to go there. Yeah. But, you know, Maryland bars are open in Maryland up until 10 o'clock or whatever. They're they're cutting it down a little bit. They're, they're well, actually I mean, luckily, making changes, we- but. We learned that uh, COVID's nocturnal, so naturally we shut down. <laughs> like comes in, freaks come out at night. <laughs> but uh, as Gorgeous pointed out, like we Maryland is tightening up in ways, uh, but California is actually looking to bump everybody back down to the entry level tier for uh, COVID preparation, which means offices might have to reclose, restaurants will definitely have to reclose. They'll go back to being just delivery only. Bars will probably have to close. And again, none of this was necessary. It, we just every as soon as they give people a little bit of freedom, they jump at it and they just they do dumb things. And how if, see, but, I can see people at my work were saying, "Hey, I got friends who are in Tennessee. I got friends who are in New York. They're already going out and partying." Yes, that's not here, and see, the rules are different. I also think that if uh, if Newsom was able to run this state like a king or Garcetti or anybody like at a local level. You know, restaurants wouldn't be open at all other than pickup or delivery. 100%. Like, you know, and, and, you know, like stores would not be open or any of these things would not be open. The only reason why they are is because 
they they're on tenuous legal ground as far as what they can do to shut down a restaurant or so, you know like yeah don't push them too far well there's like emergency you know orders that you're able to give as a executive at a mayor or a governor level and you know Newsom had the sort of legal authority to make the two week shutdown right at the beginning yeah. because of extenuating circumstances how long does it last though What's yeah how long are you allowed to keep something out of out of commission and like at what point do you if you're a, a lawyer for disneyland are you saying like well you know like fucking we're outside you got people at the beach but you can't let people at disney like even if we, we have we have better lawyers and more money than the state of california <laughs> let's go for it <laughs> even if we even if we came up with the best plan you won't even entertain the thought you know like even if yep. we only said 10 people are allowed in the park you would say no so like what's the you know like what at what point do we have you know a a uh a path forward to reopening like w- w- why is it so arbitrary and i get that like i i would not want to be the one making the decision and i i say this all the time like when when we were driving through downtown a month ago or whatever to pick up food mm-hmm. uh there was a restaurant that had set up seats on the sidewalk right by the bike lane right yep. by the bike lane right by the <laughs> right by the traffic which is i don't i don't want to be the one responsible in saying that they're not allowed to be open because this doesn't seem safe enough or like a, one of the places on 7th Street who has like tables on the sidewalk. Like 7th Street is not a safe place to be without a mask for any amount of time. Yeah. Cuz you know, not only the people who aren't wearing the mask, but there's homeless people who aren't wearing their, their masks. There's a lot of like people coming from the metro and stuff like that 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 it's adding to the density of the area. Yep. Like in my mind, there's no way that it's safe to eat outside without a mask there. But I don't want to be the one who says this business can't be in 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 operation you know this is this isn't my responsibility they're trying to make ends meet I, I i feel horrible for all the businesses that are getting crushed right now and we did everything we could we made uber legal in california they got their way after they spent 22 million dollars on the ad like what else yeah. do you need from us just shut the restaurants down I, i'm so i'm so past this just because it feels like even if you came up with a great plan and you came up with logic and reason behind every part of it like just offhand 20% of people would instantly be like no absolutely not <laughs> like it'd be like if you said like hey i find out that everyone who goes to a mcdonald's gets coronavirus so let's just shut down the mcdonald's and nothing else don't then, take away my big max how yeah, dare so, you so you're like this is america they're allowed to operate i don't well, so, and, and, you, and yeah the, but you understand that just this one business if we shut it down for 2 weeks we're going to we're going to pay mcdonald's gonna, so they don't go out of business we're going to we're going to subsidize their business so that yeah. they can be closed for two weeks and we'll be gone with this. And people will just be like, I can't do it without my McNuggets. <laughs> what are you going to do? The best part of this is that I am seeing people who are like, I will fight them in the streets. I'll run to the mountains and be a gorilla. I'm like, bro, you won't wear a mask yeah. in public when forget about coronavirus, we would all be healthier if we just always wore masks. The reason that in China and in Japan and uh, in other Asian countries, they uh, India, a lot of people wear masks all the time is not fashion. It's because they know we have 8 million people in a very small area. I don't want to get the flu and I don't want to give you my flu. Yeah. I'm going to cover my face. It's just health related, but you're going to, you're going to fight a guerrilla war from your basement in the streets and then flee to the mountains to continue. Well, I mean, like, you know, to be honest, like I, I never, I never wore a mask when I was sick before, but that's mostly because I never had one. If I, and now we have one. I mean, like if I know that 
you know, like a, a year from now, say we all got the vaccine and we're all good and life's back to normal, blah, blah, blah. A year from now, if I have a cold or something like that, or I'm feeling sick in some way, and I have to run to the store and get Subway or something like that, I'm just going to put on the mask. Because to I, I me, said, it seems like, why wouldn't I do it? Especially if I have it right here and it can make somebody. I, I know that it makes it better. <laughs> yeah. Like, like well, the idea is I, like, I was never going to like when I had the, whenever I had a cold or something like that before, I never said to myself like, oh, I got to go run out and buy a mask. I'd just be like, I'm just going to stay in. Yeah. But if I know that there's a way to when I have to go out to safely do so or to more safely do so, why not? Why wouldn't you? I said the mask is now going to be a permanent part of my life. Uh, you know, I won't feel as bad about like, oh, it is real hot. So, you know, when I stop my scooter ride, I'm going to pop it off once we're all vaccinated and everybody's fine. But in the end, this I, people are looking at this like once we get through this, we'll be fine. This is the first. There will be more of oh, these yeah. things that go around the planet. Like the oh, and you're it's, uh, fucking with nature and it's going to get worse. And and you know with with uh uh what was the other one fuck just a couple years ago during Obama SARS yeah SARS oh Ebola yeah I mean like it, SARS mostly though because like that had the same sort of impact hypothetically as coronavirus does it it's is a coronavirus. a coronavirus yeah I mean it's just a, uh, another another strain of it but I mean like it could have had the potential to be as bad but the problem was that the the virality of it wasn't as strong as this and one is what and is we're Jeff, going what to what did Jeff say in uh, Jurassic Park finds a way nature always finds a way so <laughs> it almost killed off a bunch of people with SARS and i was like okay so the problem with this is it doesn't spread fast enough and people get symptoms too soon so what we need is a variety of this that you're infectious faster and the symptoms come on slow, uh, come on slower. Okay, great. Now we have COVID, and we'll we will defeat this. There will eventually be a vaccine, and then MERS or SARS or another coronavirus or Ebola or the plague will mutate slightly and go spreading around the world. Because the problem isn't the viruses; it's that's always been the same. They always mutate. They always find a way to infect humans because we are really good spreaders. Now we're even better spreaders because I can get. Some dude can get on a flight in Australia and be in L.A. 12 hours, 14 hours later and then be in Maryland six hours after that and then be in Europe 10 hours after that. Yeah. So it's going to continue to happen. Uh, but I will be wearing a mask forever. Um, I just I will feel less um, like I don't even touch the mask. Like I put put on the mask, put on my gloves. Don't touch the mask. Take off the gloves. Take off the mask. That's that's my like order of operations. Yeah, and I just won't feel as uh, pressed about it in the future when everybody's vaccinated. And that's assuming a lot of things, like that everybody will get vaccinated and not tell us how. Another great post I saw this week was a woman who in fate on her little Facebook group said, "I don't know why we are focusing on vaccines so much. Why don't?" We take a little bit, a weakened version of the virus mm -hmm. and just give that to people. And wouldn't that help their body naturally fight off the virus? And then it's just like line after line of people like, seriously, though, like, is this, is this, a, are you trolling us or is this a serious comment? <laughs> this is a real. Because a woman did not realize that is what a vaccine is. <laughs> Crazy. Mother. Um, but uh, one thing I did see on the news today is that they are avoiding, um, uh, there, one of the issues they've talked about is how the virus, uh, the vaccine is going to have to be kept cold, like negative 20 for some, negative 70 for others. And the reason for that is 
they don't have to add the mercury sulfate as a stabilizer. So thankfully, <clears throat> Pfizer and Moderna and uh, the other companies that are working on vaccines are like, let's check Facebook for why the crazy Karens really don't like vaccines. Let's the mercury part? Okay, great. We're going to avoid the mercury because that's really just a stabilizing agent, which mm. makes it last better in shipping. And instead, what we're going to do is make sure you have to ship it below zero so that it stays fresh until it gets to you and then warm it up right before you put it in the person so that um, the virus will come back to life. But I, I hate everybody. I, well, I, this episode just made me realize I hate everybody. So uh, real quick, we do have uh, messages in the chat, but they're from oh. Twitch, so they're not completely showing. Do you have a way of pulling up that full message? Because uh, I do. Uh, let's transition to that. But in the meantime, uh, I know let's lightning round the thing that you wanted to talk about <laughs> this week, which is, of course. All right, I'll pull that up. You go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, big news in the world of sports ball, and it, it we we haven't been uh, as much onto sports ball here recently because there's been a lot of national political news going on. But uh, wonderful news: the Miami Marlins have just made Kim Ng their general manager. She is the first uh, female general manager of any of the four major sports. And for people who aren't as into sports and don't know what the general manager is, that's basically the executive, the the CEO of the sports team, and they decide the players that get signed and like who the who the coaches are and who fills in all the the different marketing and scouting and every aspect of running a sports team. Uh, and there has never been a female who has led a major league team, an NFL team, an NHL team, or an NBA team until now. Uh, and Kim Ng specifically has been in this game for a long time. And I feel like it's 30 plus years at this point. She's been in some manner in a front office of baseball. She was assistant general manager for the Yankees and the Dodgers and has worked in the commissioner's office for the last 10 years or so. And if nothing else, it made me think about how uh, any any woman who tells you about how she has to work harder and longer to be able to get the same sort of job the man does, just look at fucking Kim Ng's resume and then tell me why she didn't get a job before some statistician from Harvard or MIT who gets a job right. way quicker. <laughs> like it's it's a it's a it's definitely showing the problems that women have to deal with to be able to get to the high ends of sports like this, but. Uh, I, I, I'm not taking away from the accomplishment and the fact that this is a new day and hopefully we're going to work so much more in the direction of having more female GMs across baseball because, uh, you know, like the, there's no reason why not. And I, I know so many female baseball fans. I think baseball, for whatever reason, really translates to uh, a female audience a lot. I, I know a lot more female baseball fans than I know female football or basketball or hockey fans. And I, I think that this is the right move. And I, I'm proud of baseball because they, you know, Jackie Robinson, they're, they, they're, they're more inclined to sort of make a move like this and to be the first. And I, I applaud them for doing that. And specifically the Marlins for giving her the chance to, to run the show. And uh, I, I know you wanted to talk about the Ravens as well, uh, but just to interject before you do, um, 
apparently we can't see old comments and they didn't go through to discord for some reason so just as a reminder i highly recommend everybody join the discord uh i'm gonna repost this so it should come up in all of the chats but that way you can comment directly to us uh we keep the discord up in usually the comments forward to it but apparently they didn't so if you're watching on twitch or anywhere uh repost that comment and uh we'll be happy to get to it but if nothing uh, else so we'll, we'll reach out to you aside from it because it I, I feel bad because the the message from my end cuts off at a certain point and i don't know exactly what was about to be asked so yeah. <laughs> i feel bad but uh, uh i also want to help you so i will i will gladly message you off off podcast to help you out yeah, with your we problem can whisper it's called whispers on twitch oh nice whisper. there we go um there you, and i'll just have to give Corey the login since he's never logged into twitch before <laughs> but uh uh so good news uh kimming is in in the marlins uh bad news is that the ravens apparently are out when it comes to football at all i you know and the deep the deep <sighs> it's one of those de- how, how do we really know it the the uh it didn't look good losing to the patriots yesterday the team did not look as good as they had last year for instance um but i i do still feel like this team has a lot of talent it's just going to take something a little bit different to make it all work so for instance the patriots are four and five now but they were three and five coming into the game and their season was effectively over if they lost this game against the Ravens. So it was a, a kitchen sink game where you got to throw literally everything out there and try and make a, get the win however you can. And, you know, they, they, they managed to win in a, in a very wet and <laughs> not very uh, fun-looking football game, uh, and they get to keep their season alive. The Ravens now, I feel like, are in that same position coming into – this coming up with this week coming up against the the Titans where they're really going to have to win because the week following that is going to be the the Steelers and you don't want to be putting yourself in a position where you're going to be 6 and 5 after that Steelers game and and really wondering whether or not you're going to be able to put it together and make the playoffs like and not that they're definitely going to lose the Steelers game but the Steelers are unbeaten at this point so well i mean it, it's not a, a it, it's not a layup like i'm I, you know if you're yeah. looking at the if you're looking at the games coming forward and it's not like saying the titans are a layup either because they beat us last year in the playoffs but i'm saying like at a certain point you got to look be looking at much like we were talking about politics all this time like you got to figure out where you're going to pick up these extra wins like, to be able yeah. to make the playoffs you know you, you if you lose to a patriots you got to kind of win against the titans to be able to even it out because if you're looking at the season going in you're saying like okay, we should beat the Bengals twice because they're not as good as we are. We should beat this team. We should beat this team. We should beat this team. You can just say the Browns. Yes, well, I we know, but I'm saying Browns. like if you if you you know, if you lose to one of those teams, then you got to figure out where you're going to pick up that win elsewhere. So, yeah. you know, instead of if you lose to the Browns one of those games, then maybe you have to win against the Chiefs to be able to even up the record and still make it to the playoffs. And that's a much harder sell than just beating the Browns to begin with. Also, we lost to the Chiefs, so well, I know, but I'm saying, like, you know, <laughs> I don't think anyone factored that in as a win going into the season. So you would have to That's think true. about where you might be losing games and win them instead. Well, and I think um, another problem is I don't know that people thought we were going to lose to the uh, Steelers or that the Steelers were going to be so hard to beat um, going in. But now, clearly, they are. They may be the team to beat in the AFC North right now. I mean, they are the team to beat in the AFC North because they're unbeaten, but. Yeah. I. Uh... My problem with the Ravens, it, it, number one, the injuries are just out of control. Like for all the talk that there's been about the the 49ers and the Eagles, who definitely have gotten like sort of the worst of the injuries so far this season, 
the Ravens are are in a real bad spot. I mean, losing Ronnie Stanley was bad enough, but we got three or four people in the offensive line playing out of position or playing somewhere, you know, or just like being a second string, being pulled up to first string. And that's very difficult to fix in midstream. Like the, the offensive line hypothetically should be, you know, the same five guys for six, 16 games because they learn how to play with one another. Yeah. And that's sort of what it was like last season. I don't think we really had any injuries that I can remember on the offensive line last year. Not any, not anything super serious at the very least. And, you know, again, this year, number one, it just feels like the play calling is a little, a little flat, but it also feels like there's not enough talents around there that are, are making things work. Like, uh, I think people are saying to themselves they're going to shut down Andrews and keep him from beating you. And then what are you, you know, Willie Sneed and Hollywood Brown and, you know, Des Bryant or uh, Miles Boykin or any of these wide receivers don't really strike fear into the heart of the other and uh, the opponents. So like, and you said in the, uh, in our pre-show talk, like, uh, you know, Hollywood Brown's great, but if he's who you have to worry about, you double team him, And no matter how fast he is, they have fast guys too. So yeah, I mean, you know, you have a safety over the top with the cornerback and now you've taken him out of the game basically. And I mean, it, you know, it, this is not meant to like, it, I, I think that Greg Roman is getting a lot of shit right now. And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be, to, to be lamented for, uh, for very flat play calling. But I, I do think that, you know, this team just doesn't seem to have the right combination of things that are working at the same time to be able to make, uh, make it look like last year's team. And also, I think that Lamar, uh, not a criticism of Lamar, but he's been the best player he's always been <laughs> on any team he's ever been on or pretty much any team he's ever played. So yeah. he, you know, he in his mind, he probably thinks he's one of one. And when you get in that situation, think about it like this. If if we went to the to the basketball court right now, right? Yep, I would beat you. Just well, no, I'm so. just saying, like, any, you know, dear listener, put yourself in this. You go down to the basketball hoop, right? <laughs> okay. And you're just like, oh, I'm just going to shoot a bunch of threes, right? I'm just going to I'm just gonna practice my shot and shoot a bunch of threes. Say you make the first ten in a row that you make. Just, like, the first ten shots, they all sink. They're all perfect. There's going to be a part of your mind where you say to yourself, oh, I'm really hot right now. I can do whatever I want. And then you start throwing it up one-legged and you're, you're like... <laughs> You're just like, I can scoop this up into the hoop and stuff like that because you start getting confident in your own abilities. But we I don't mean, that necessarily. Explain it though, because y- you always did that, but you would always be losing. What? Because the- <laughs> <laughs> I have to make it up. That's what. Oh, okay. You're making it up. I got it. Okay, you got to go make ahead. up for the obvious losses, you know, like. <laughs> All right, but we're I- playing the 21. I'm down 17 0. I got to start making up some crap here. <laughs> you start. If you if you go and you start making shot after shot after shot, you're going to start like subliminally in your mind. You're going to start saying, like, I can do whatever I want and it's going to go in because I I just have it today. And there's been a couple times this year where Lamar like it it looks like in my mind, judging from how I sort of view my own athleticism and how I I judge it on others. I, I, I see him like sort of like thinking like, oh, I can make this work. I can I can force this play and make it make it happen. But then somebody else is j- getting a jump on it or like it's just not as 50 50 as he thought it was. And, uh, you know, there's more interceptions this year because of that. I, I just think that he he in his mind, he thinks he he's capable of doing anything and he is. But 
the right number of things have to be working for that to happen too. You know, like it's not like it's not like just because you woke up today and you you shot ten for ten on your your three point shot when you woke up means that when you go play the game you're gonna have the same sort of luck or success. Like I, somebody I so somebody on the he, defensive end could have the same sort of feeling, have the same sort of mojo going for them, and your ten for ten doesn't work out as well as their ten for ten. So sorry. So Corey's advice is to keep the offensive coordinator and then sit Lamar and play RG3. I got it. I, I hope that uh, <laughs> no, I hope John's listening. Really what I'm saying is just just find a way to make the team feel more dynamic. Like part of the reason why the Ravens were were such a, a formidable foe last year was because people didn't know what was coming. Like at any point the play could break down, Lamar could run for 30 yards. And yeah. You had to you had to respect that. Now the defenses, because they're getting an extra second or two on the the rush, because the offensive line is battered. You know, Lamar's getting less time to be able to figure things out. And then by the time he decides he wants to run, it's not the optimal condition like it was last year when he had Yonda guarding for him. You know, like mm -hmm. it, it's not it, it's it's just like uh, if you twisted your ankle. Well, I wouldn't expect you to run your best 40 yard dash time, you know, like we're 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 dealing with some inconsistencies which are not allowing us to be our best version. So what can you do to sort of mimic that feeling to make people think that we're really clicking or to do something a little bit different to make it make it feel, you know, like we're dangerous. Like, yeah. uh, it, it, it's just uh, it's really Harbaugh who has to figure it out. And I think Harbaugh who has to sort of put the the screws to Roman and say like, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have you uh, come out with these flat play calls every day. I know that we're dealing with a lot injury wise, but we, we just got to figure it out. We got to figure out a way to be more dynamic and hopefully, you know, Tennessee this weekend, they figure that out because they really we'll need see. to, they really need to fingers crossed. And also fingers crossed that I can come watch the game this weekend. <laughs> Just get some uh, get some negative tests, and uh... I gotta get that. I said uh, the uh, the COVID test is the new STD test of our generation. Um, <laughs> you go out, you have a crazy weekend, and then you go stand in line with me in the eighty seven degree heat after it was freezing cold last week, and uh, you stand there with like, man, I don't know why I went to Soho House. Oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> uh, all right, I'm gonna get this test, and I'm gonna live straight. Why did I go to Kendall so Jenner's birthday last night? <laughs> Yes, that was the line of people getting the test today. And I was sitting there like, I've done everything right. And look at all of you living in sin. I, I turned it to my dad. That's what I did. I turned it to my dad just briefly. And I was just like, you, all of you. The other problem, too, is that I worry too many people in the line are like, I went out for a party on Saturday. I'm going to go get tested on Sunday. Like, And that's 100% what they were doing. And it's just like, negative. I'm good to go. And then four days later, you're at another party and you give COVID to 15 people. And then... You're just like, but I tested negative. How did it happen? <laughs> yeah, uh, I stood in line eight days after my flight. After not, I've seen three living human beings in the last week. <laughs> the guy who works the door at CVS after ten o'clock, or really after midnight, and then two Postmates drivers. <laughs> That's been the the three people. Both of which, by the way, let I didn't even request door stop or like door delivery, but they put down the food in front of my door, knocked, and walked away. And I'm like. You yeah. guys are the real MVPs. You guys are the real I, MVPs. I appreciate it. I, I I appreciate it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't really want you to put my food on the ground. <laughs> like, oh, if I, it's in a bag. If it's it was fine. if it was a porch, at like a house or something like that, I'm fine with you putting it in front of the doorstep. But I don't want to like 
I don't want to walk out on Broadway and just see my food on the on the sidewalk. Are we, you know, like, are we gonna pretend I haven't seen you eat chips off the floor that Carly has been laying on and that your dirty feet have been on? Come on, no. Is it worse you, than that? Really? You haven't seen that. I will. I will. I will make an exception for some crab chips, though. I'm just saying. I'm crazy about them crab chips. <laughs> you know what? You uh, know what else I'm crazy about though. What's that? Oh, the anthem.com. Corey to the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. Me? My website is CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com. Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm and at LegendsCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, the- really enjoyed that uh, review you did this week, Corey. I <laughs> know. The, uh, uh, I, I swear to God, I know it sounds like this is something I always say, but I'm working on something nice. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this week, uh, assuming that I finish traffic school and the new puppy doesn't uh, distract me too much and uh, the usual stuff, I, I will uh, hopefully have that done soon. But something something really special. I, I told Rob a little bit about it, so uh, mm-hmm. he, he approved. So we'll see what happens. I believe I approved that two weeks ago when you were like, this week I'm coming out with something super special. And then it's been two weeks. Yeah. Well, I also have the house to myself again, so that'll make things easier. Yeah, uh, I just want everybody to know, I have been sent no less than three pictures this week of Corey sleeping with the puppy in the middle of the afternoon. So, I mean, listen, you can say whatever you want, sir. I have been waking up at 6.30 in the morning for the goddamn dog. And that is not part of why I moved to Los Angeles. I did not move here to wake up early in the morning. <laughs> I moved here to be able I, to I, sleep listen. till sleep till eleven a.m. and start working. I, I get it. Uh, you have to make sacrifices when you're trying to get your girl to forget about a wedding or a baby. So uh, you can find more from me at uh, at Robert and Jake on all your social networks, including TikTok. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, where I do stream my terrible play of call of duty although i have tried to be a voice of reason so you'll never get me on a hot mic what you'll get on a hot mic is like good shot good shot or nice play bro and i'm trying to be mr positivity on twitch even though inside i'm screaming like what the fuck <laughs> but anyway uh you can find that on twitch.tv forward slash robert and cheek uh also snapchat uh tiktok as i said facebook instagram everywhere uh, robertandcheek.com is a website where you can find uh, links to all the stuff that i do including the books which are going to be available on amazon Barrow's books uh, and I'm working on a new book now. Uh, I am doing too much Twitch streaming and not enough writing, but I'm going to work on that this week. Uh, I just don't have time for everything that I do. I have 20 hours plus of Twitch streaming. I do a daily podcast, Rob Explains, which uh, you can find at anchor.fm forward slash Rob Explains. We're talking about mythical creatures this week. We've talked about a little bit of idioms. And I am going to do a post about this guy uh, who I just heard about today, Gregor McGregor, who invented a country and then basically stole people plots of land in a country that didn't exist. And it's a fascinating story, and I really want to share that with everybody. But I'm also doing Rob Explains, two episodes a week. Uh, no matter what, Sunday and Thursday, you get a new episode of Rob Explains. So you can hear me on the Air the Anthem podcast on Monday, uh, Monday recording, Tuesday uh, when the episode comes out. Sundays and Thursdays for every man movie review. Rob Explains every single day on Twitch, at least over the weekend. I do some highlights and I post those. Uh, what else do I have going on? I'm writing a book. Uh, did I get, is that every, I have, su- it's such a long list. I sometimes forget I'm things still, that I'm working on. I'm still trying to come up with a joke for Gregor McGregor. Yeah. Dude's name is Gregor McGregor. Uh, yeah. He <laughs> Just, issued money in for his fictional country, which he signed it McGregor. And I'm like, <laughs> That is a power move. You, just be like, <laughs> you know who I am with the one name. Yeah, there you go. Um, and McGregor we trust. 
I am. I'm editing the books. There's going to be back up on Amazon. I'm finishing a book or working on a book now. Hopefully that'll be out next year. Um, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, and uh, I'm working on a twice daily podcast, apparently, which is like Twitch. If anybody has any ideas, I seriously, though, I did have an idea for um, Q and honors are really pissing me off. And I really just want to. I have this idea for a conspiracy show where we talk about conspiracies. We'll focus on QAnon at first and then transition. But what I really need is somebody who believes all conspiracies are true and somebody who never believes conspiracies are true. I need a believer and a skeptic. Mm. So if that sounds like you, let me know uh, and we can get down. Uh, obviously, we're doing everything digitally now, so we could do the whole thing digitally. I mean, it looks – if my camera was better cropped, which I did a horrible job cropping it, uh, you wouldn't know that I'm just not sitting where I normally am in the show except for Corey. <laughs> puts in no effort with no green screen behind him and he's clearly not here with me well i need everyone to to be able to see the flags back there what is the point i mean listen i could put the flags in digitally i'm just saying (laughs) i could have the whole background be uh an irish flag and a maryland flag and uh by the way you know the maryland flag is a racist institution (laughs) what isn't like at a certain point like <laughs> I mean, like, I, don't get me wrong. I think that like the stars and bars, and you know, like there was a tweet that was making its rounds this this weekend with the million mega march, where it's like the Confederate flag and the Blue Lives Matter flag and the uh, Nazi flag, the Nazi flag, and it's just like this is all the same flag. People like <laughs> historians will tell you this is all the same flag. This, this all means the same exact thing in a, in the minds of people who who have it. Um. You know, I I wouldn't have one of those on my wall because clearly that definitely says something about you. The, yeah. the Maryland flag, I mean, like you know, it, the the national anthem is kind of fucking racist too, if you think about bit. it. So yep. it, you know, like I think we all sort of make these <laughs> these moments compromises, these yeah, compromises, compromises of like yeah. of what of the age were were these things when they were written and how much are we going to create a big deal of it like i don't see a lot of people saying that like george washington should be eliminated from the history books even though he was racist but his racism wasn't the same level as other racists of the era you know like he sure. wasn't a thomas jefferson who he, <laughs> he can compartmentalize as a racism as part from everyone else but like you know, Washington, Adams, these are all racist. All the presidents were basically racist, but, you know, to what degree, I guess, is the question. That Listen, you wanna... Trump has brought out all your racist friends. If you ask <laughs> anybody on Facebook about Kim Ng, that's going to bring out all your sexist friends. <laughs> and if you really want to know people, ask them about the flags on their walls and how much they're willing to compromise. <laughs> I mean, if Maryland wants to change its flag like Mississippi did, then I'll, I'll consider putting a new flag on the wall. I don't know what to... Same flag, just in God we trust underneath the... Uh... <laughs> It is across the emblazoned across the middle. In God what, we trust. Because what part of the flag is it? Is it the crosses or is it the the Calvert side? Or no, Ooh. the Calvert side is the crosses, right? And then the Ooh. sounds like I should do an episode of Rob Explains on the racist history <laughs> the of the Maryland flag. flag. That'll be coming up this week, so just keep an ear out for that. All right. I just don't don't push any jackalope content because I I like the I like the mythical creatures actually I'm enjoying this this series I got I got some other <laughs> stuff coming up uh what today was uh no centaurs was before today was a kraken is that what it was today yeah I think so yeah I think yeah uh so I got some other stuff coming in the anasi uh some the stuff cabra was was cabra uh... was a couple days ago yeah. yeah so we got a lot of good stuff coming I'll, I I will uh, push it for the weekend then well good. Well, I think we've done good here today. 
We've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the Year of the Anthem podcast, part of the OD Anthem Digital Network. For Corey, I'm going to get this one of these days. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. I don't have anything to add. Oh, what the hell, man? <laughs>